There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is Tim and Dez with you once again. And uh, look, it's the beginning of the year. We're super pumped to be uh, back in the studio doing this and super pumped also for our special guest, which we'll get to in just a moment. But uh, Momentum Australia is the website, uh, MomentumAustralia.org. Love you to have a look around that uh, after the show and find out a bit more about who we are. And maybe even consider financially supporting us this year because tell you what, Dez, there's a lot that we've got going on behind the scenes as we come into 2023. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, you know, we, we, uh, I mean, it's our third year, and I said it last time, and, and, and we're now into our third year, and God provides, and, you know, it, it's uh, it's amazing. And, and the other thing to remember, of course, is Momentum Caroline, one 800 man, what an amazing number, you know, that men can remember really easily. So one 800 provided by our friends at Caroline Connections. And you can reach out in that number between 9 and 11, Seven days a week, one eight hundred triple zero men. And you know, the, really, the backstory behind that. Um, before we go any further, you know, we at Momentum, Des and I, particularly, uh, and the core team behind us too, we have real hearts for men all around Australia. You, that's you, listening right now, to get connected to not stay in isolation, but to get connected, have some conversations around what's happening in your life. And that's the encouragement. If you don't feel like you've got someone that's perhaps safe or trusted for you right now, well, that number, one 800 You can have a confidential chat with someone on the end of that phone. Okay, so this week's show, it's a funny thing when you talk about being a nice guy. I mean, Des, I think you and I are pretty nice guys. Well, well I know you are. <laughs> in today's society, that has a whole other meaning, this yes. idea of nice yeah, guy. It does. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. And, and uh, you know, on the surface, nice guys can appear to be kind and thoughtful and genuinely caring. But sometimes there may be an undercurrent which is far from nice. Yeah, interesting. So we're going to explore that in this week's show. What's the difference between a nice guy and a good man? And I'll tell you, he is a good man. He's a nice guy and he's a good friend of ours too. Pastor and counsellor Steve Wickham is back with us on Momentum this week. Great to have you here, Steve. Thanks so much, Des and uh, and Tim. Wonderful to be back. Always great to be uh, on Momentum. So, Steve, let, let's start by setting the scene because um, obviously, you know, when we hear that, you're a nice guy, we think that's a positive thing. But there is this, this other thing going around called the nice guy syndrome. And mm. as Des mentioned, you know, that there are sides to that that aren't particularly nice. So when we look at what the nice guy syndrome is, uh, give us a quick overview. Well, the whole thing is well, the, the difficulty is discerning who is nice from who isn't, that, that kind of thing. But I also think to preface all of this by the societal expectations on men that we be nice. A lot of our society drives around uh, not to be aggressive, you know, the whole domestic violence thing and that sort of thing. And seriously, you know, it's a, it's a serious message. And a lot of men 
want to be nice. We don't want to come across as aggressive. And sometimes that can push us into a place of kind of, if we're insecure, it, it becomes a bit of an issue and we become people pleasers mm. and we become fawners. You know, I think we've talked before about fawning uh, behaviour and that sort of thing or um, apologising too much, accommodating too much. And, and it's not good for us or our relationships when we're like that. Wow. Can I just pause you there and, and just clarify the fawn piece for me because I'm aware of most of the terms that go around these days, but fawning mm-hmm. is still fairly something yeah. that I haven't quite got my head around. So can Not you clarify that? Yeah, a lot of people have heard of fight and flight and freeze. Freeze is another t- trauma response. So these are responses that are inbuilt in us to, for us to survive, basically. And, you know, we've heard of fight, fight and flight. Freeze is a new one. Sometimes we freeze in the moment of trauma. But the other one is fawn. If we find we're dominated by somebody, if, we, if someone's too big and too strong for us, sometimes we people please through that. That is fawning. The, the definition of the people pleasing piece in that is fawning. Right. And the fawning behaviour, it negates our own needs and, and it puts the other, it's basically it's, it's submission. Submission when we probably shouldn't. So what do you think, uh, in the, obviously there's a, a, a spectrum here of being a nice guy, real, really a nice guy, and being a nice guy that sort of has another agenda. Where, you know, what sort of things would you look for in each end of the spectrum? Because we're all maybe in somewhere in the middle, maybe, didn't you? It's a very hard one, and, and a lot of, in a lot of ways time really tells. If you're in a relationship with a person, you really need some time to be able to assess where their motives are, where their heart is. And the other thing is it's not just about this whole uh, aspect of insecurity that will drive fawning behaviour, but it's also about on the other side you've got entitled men, uh, because we're talking men, entitled men, which comes out of narcissism. And, you know, so you've got both of these at, at kind of both sides and there's a there's there's probably a, I've, well, I think we'll talk about it later about what's the the solution around that, but I think essentially how do we assess who we're dealing with? We got to ch- check on what people's hearts are. I mean, people, um, it's it's a, it's really a, a case of uh, of time, I suppose. And we should be able to say no to people. We should be able to um, push back a little um, and, and 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 take it from there. So what would you say, if I, if I described somebody, John, Patrick, whoever, as a narcissistic person in a relationship or personally, what traits would you see in that person? So the three E's around narcissism are around entitlement, uh, exploitation. So they'll exploit people in situations. And they do that not just, not, not just here and there, but it's, it's a pattern. And the other thing is they lack empathy. Okay. So those three E's, entitlement, uh, empathy, a lack of empathy and exploitation uh, tend to happen in a fairly patterned sort of way. So the thing is, if, when people end up in a relationship, say with a man, and it's two or three months down the track or six months down the track and they start to see some of these traits, you can start to see them as red flags, what's called red flags yeah, back yeah. in the earlier part. Unfortunately, it takes a little while for that the charisma to wear off, for the, the winsomeness of the person to wear off. Yeah. 
Steve, can I ask you to clarify then? Because for all of us, and you know, Daz was rightful in saying this, I mean, we're all at somewhere on the spectrum, right? I mean, we can have these moments where we're genuine and we, we hold space well and we are genuinely nice and there's empathy and there's all of the good stuff. But then, uh, you know, our buttons can get pushed or we're short and irritable or whatever. Yeah. And then we might tend over towards this other side of, oh, well, I'm destroying traits that perhaps aren't super healthy right now. Yep. And, and and is it, I suppose the question is then, is it fair to say that most of us will fluctuate? Yes, yes, most, it's most certainly. And one of the best things I like about the uh, the book, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's on the uh, Enneagram. Um, and it's, uh, and it, we can, yeah. The Enneagram looks at the strengths uh, and weaknesses of every type and, uh, and focuses on the sin that we struggle with. The mm. essential thing is, we are sinners, and this is where it plays into um, Christian theology. We will have times when we are narcissistic, maybe a season, or, or there are particular um, um, Cloud and Townsend. So John Townsend talked about pocket entitlement. So a book in 2015 called um, uh, uh, the, the Entitlement Cure, uh, he talks about a pocket entitlement. So we have pockets of our lives which where we were a bit narcissistic on. Mm. But the other thing is we've all got insecurities as well, mm. so areas of insecurity, yeah. or there could be a season of insecurity, you know, coming out of loss and grief or coming out of, out of trauma. So mm. both of these come out, out of when, we're, when we are weak, and it's really the challenge is to become honest about it and so we can grow through those periods. So that, then that begs the question, right, because, I mean, as Des rightly said, you know, that's a good starting point. But what your answer, Steve, really, when you when you boil it down, is it, it takes a great deal of self-awareness in a guy, particularly, because that's what we're yeah. talking about right now, to, to be able to go, ah, yeah, actually. And and I suppose let's then there's two camps, right? There's the singles who don't yep. have a person to bounce off, or they might have a, a partner, but then there's the marrieds and and you know, as <laughs> Those of us who've been married before and are married, we we know that you know it's a good mirror in marriage to go. Oh gosh, okay. Um, yeah. So let's just park the marriage for a sec, but let's go to the single guys listening right now, um, and they're just going about their life, and for the most part, everything's okay. But then there's obviously these moments. I mean, what sort of awareness do they need to have, and how do they get that that would indicate that you know at moments they might have some stuff to deal with when it comes to this nice guy syndrome if they don't have somebody in their you know, in their, in their peripheral mm. most of their life to kind of challenge them on those things. And that can be hard, and that's why the importance of being connected with other men and other and other people in groups, and this is the best part about being part of a good church is, is that you can get that sort of feedback. But looking within oneself and, and reflecting on oneself, you know, are there times when I when I find I'm dishonest and and the dishonesty comes falls back on me? I have to cover for things for other people. Uh, do mm. I find that I'm manipulating some situations um, and why am I doing that? Um, is there a yeah. is there a particular uh, kind of control that I'm putting into uh, my my relationships and situations? Is there any passive aggressiveness uh, that's yes. coming out? You know, um, so it's a, that's actually a dream, demonstration of huge humility if a person can actually um, uh, reflect to that degree and be honest mm. to that point. Mm. I mean, society is so self righteous and self justifying, and, and you know. Anything goes, and I can do whatever I want to do. So young guys who are listening, mm -hmm. how do they move from that framework into a framework that says, I'm going to look at myself, 
I'm going to question what I do. I'm going to, you know, yep. to see what's going on in my world. How do you, how do you get kids, young people, kids, to do that? Yeah, well, I think it's it's very big around motive. What's your motivation? I mean, if to motivate young people to to look into this area, you will not grow. We cannot grow if if we don't if we don't uh, transcend these these uh, yes. traits. Yes, you know, if we yes. if we can't do humility, humility is the absolute bedrock of growth. And if we want to grow and become all that what God wants us to be, that's the, that's the upside of all this. Of course, this, there are growing pains throughout, but God blesses the courage of a person to say, oh, I think there's some growth areas there for me. I think I've got a, there's, there's a challenge there for me. And that's, that's, that's God wanting to, to be good to us. Yeah, mm. that's cool. I, I just wrote that down. I think it's really good. Humility is the bedrock of growth. That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. So, so then on that note, that I mean, that flows in beautifully actually with where we're going with this. And then let's let's bring the marrieds into the equation, then, Steve, because let's be honest, as guys, right? It can be pretty humbling. And you know, when you said what what your wife said to you, I think you yeah. might need to go and you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, that takes a degree of humility to not want to bite back to that and respond. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but to go, you know what? She's actually right. I, I need to go and yeah. have a look at that. So, for guys um, who are married, how how do they find the balance of allowing their wife to speak into that space? Because it can be pretty confronting as a man, as yeah. a supposed head of the home and all of that sort of yeah. stuff, to then be told. Because sometimes yeah. we can feel like it's you know when being told by my wife or I'm under the thumb or whatever. The the negative side of that, when really what she's trying to do is highlight something that actually can end up being a positive. Well, here's a message to both men and women because the men need to be, we need to be humble. And, uh, you know, when my wife challenged, and it hasn't just been the once, it's been a few times, when she's done it, she's done it in, in a spirit of, of wanting the best for me and it's not been in shoving it in my, you know, rubbing my face in it, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Ultimately, God's calling us all to humility and it's the only way, you know, marriages can grow, you know, through both partners being humble Um and not, not goading one another and that sort of thing. Mm. No. Yeah, I love that. Humility is the bedrock of growth. We're going to leave it there for the first part of the show. We're talking about the nice guy syndrome with uh, myself, Des, and our special guest is uh, Steve Wickham. And, you know, we're going to come back. The good news is that there is stuff that we can do uh, if we feel like we've got some of this stuff in our lives. And we're going to explore that in the second half of the show. So stay tuned. In the meantime, we'd love you to have a look around the website again, MomentumAustralia.org. And we'll be back with Pastor Steve Wickham in just a tick. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to Momentum for this week. Appreciate you hanging uh, hanging around and tuning back in. We are looking at the nice guy syndrome this week. We passed the Steve Wickham. And for the first part of the show, we had a good look at what it actually means. Uh, I actually encourage you to go back and have another listen to that at some stage because, yeah. to be honest, there's a lot in that just to set the show up for for the, uh, the second half. Uh, and, and where we're going now then, guys, is... Um, what do we do if we feel like we want to evaluate ourselves and, and, and check ourselves 
see what might be in our lives that is perhaps unhealthy or needs uh, some identifying and then some work. Um, there's some steps here, Steve, you're going to take us through uh, that we can look at and, and hopefully get this syndrome out of us so that we can actually be a genuinely nice guy instead of an unhealthy one. The first one is honesty. I mean, that's always a good place to start. And I guess when we unpack that, the first part, of course, is getting honest with ourselves. When we when we do that, though, what, what, what sort of things do we need to ask ourselves or perhaps put to ourselves that would invoke or evoke an honest response? Well, I always base it in uh, the, the prayer of Psalm 139, 23 and 24, just those last two verses in Psalm 139, that talk about, Lord, oh, Lord, search me and, and show me if there's any wickedness or if there's any uh, anything offensive, mm-hmm. um, anything, any anxiety within me that shouldn't be there. So that's actually a good prayer to pray. But that might not always lead us to being honest with ourselves is a bit of a conundrum. I think it's a balance with uh, having others being able to speak into our lives, yeah. safe others, not a, not people who are, would manipulate it for their own gain, yeah. but people who we can trust uh, to get some some clarity around around that. But I think we we know when we're when when we're honest and when we're not. And the other thing I suppose is what what others think. Do others believe that we're honest? Do, would others see us as honest and full of integrity? Yeah, the people, the people we just do life with. That's right. That's yeah. That's the. In fact, that's probably one of the best compliments we could get. You're so honest. I love your integrity. Yes. That kind of thing. You know, that's mm. that's what we should be uh, driving. And I, I, we were talking about this in the break about uh, this whole issue of who are we when when we're not. Uh, when nobody else is what looking, God sees everything. Yes, God sees everything. So, which we're fooling nobody by by being dishonest. Yes, no, that's right. And you know, and our relationship with our—if you're married, your relationship with your wife—if it's healthy, that those things would come out naturally. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it would just flow both ways. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I wasn't quite honest when I said that, or yeah. you know, so so it would engender, I guess, more. Difficult when there's friction in the relationship. And can she challenge you? Yes. Can she, she, can yeah. Do you give her permission to? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And doing that in a healthy space for both of yes. us, right? Uh, so, And that's yes. where I want to come in with, actually, uh, and not necessarily our, our, our wives, but for guys, you said, Steve, about having people speak into that space. Yeah. Now, one of the key things with honesty, and you put this in the notes, that we must be ruthlessly accountable Mm-hmm. Right, so ruthlessly accountable. We must be accountable to other people, and that is important yeah. for all of us. Yep. So then, speak into that space for guys, because obviously, who we have speak into that space mm-hmm. is really important, right? Yeah, yes. Because there will be people in our world that will quite happily tell us all of our failings, yeah. and and how you know we've missed it there, and how we upset them there, and we offended them there. Uh, but they're coming from you know an unhealthy space. Yeah. How do we yep. recognize then healthy people and safe people? that can speak into our lives and hold us to that ruthless yeah. accountability. That's good, yeah. Well, hopefully we can we can assess whether they actually have our heart and our growth and our development at their, at their core. Right. And if they are really, truly interested. Some people might say it uh, and still be manipulative. Oh, look, I'm doing this for your benefit. Um, and yeah. that that is quite, quite often a manipulation. Yes. But there are people by their deeds, not by their words, but by their deeds, who will demonstrate that, Look, you can take my advice, take it or leave it. You know, yeah. and it's no, there's no judgment, there's no, there's no strings attached. Mm. So moving mm. on, moving on, uh, control is number two. So uh, when we talk about this, are we talking about 
our, our ability or our desire to control people as opposed yeah. to just our lives in general. Is that yeah. what we're talking about here? Do I try and control and manipulate people? Yes, definitely. It's definitely not talking about self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit. It's mm. talking about controlling other people and other situations. And again, this, there might be pockets of this in our lives. Where, where are we not happy with a particular outcome? Where do we need to manipulate and bring things around a little bit and actually exert some control? The, the issue is control kills relationships. Yes. It mm. kills the, the, um, the ability for the other person to feel empowered. Mm. Yeah. Nobody wants that, that sort of those sorts of dynamics in their relationships. But you hear that all the time, don't you, Steve? You know, uh, you know, men saying the only way I can keep my marriage together is by controlling my family. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many men would say that, yeah. wouldn't they? I mean, yeah, that's just, right. And the I have to control that. my kids. I have to control my wife. I have to control my who we're friends with, who we're not friends with, all that stuff. And that is a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe yeah. for destruction of marriages. And you see so many marriages, so many women walking away because of those elements are yeah. in their life. And the, the pity of it all is these these children, as adult children who don't have a relationship with their father because of these things. Exactly. I mean, come on. So the manipulation piece then off the back of that, Steve, I mean, control is one side. I suppose, how does that differ? Control and manipulation, what's the subtle difference? Because they seem quite similar. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you could probably say that control might be um, overt and covert. So the manipulation is more probably the more the covert. And nobody likes to be manipulated. We can feel it from a mile off, you know. We can yes. feel the manipulation. Uh, control might be more, um, more overt where, no, that's not going to happen, not on my watch, that kind of thing. And yeah. no, no yeah. correspondence to be entered into. When we start to do that, we, we, we become anti-relational. We can't be related with. Mm. So I think one's more covert and one's more overt. So the whole gaslighting thing would, would sit in manipulation, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep. Where you manipulate how people think and, yeah. and try and control them through words. And-, and it's a huge issue, not just a huge issue, but it's a huge topic gaslighting yeah. because there's so many different we gaslight ourselves a lot you know, a lot of the time or other people gaslight and they talk about this being crazy making so you start to second guess yourself you start yes. to wonder if my memory is my my remembering things right um did did that really happen you know and those sorts of things which is yeah. really really caustic for a relationship mm. steve can i ask then with manipulation let me just get a, a bit of a clarity on this because obviously there's times when for example if we're setting up a a time to catch up, right? And and we can go, oh, well, these are, I've got these times free. This is my preference, blah, 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 blah. It, you know, what's the difference, I suppose, be going, well, this is my preference. Um, yeah. I'm not necessarily manipulating the situation, but I am going, look, this actually works better for me if you could do that, yeah. da, da, da. Yeah. So do yeah. you understand? Like it's a subtle kind of um, – am I being manipulative or is it just I'm stating my preference and I have – Good boundaries, or again, for me, it gets a little grey at times. The hallmark of the best relationships is we should be able to negotiate. Right. We we should all be able to say, well, this actually won't work for me, or I'd prefer to meet at this particular time for these reasons. Or if you don't want to, you're not in a position where you uh, want to need to declare that information. No, this is, I prefer this. I think that's fine. That's, that's, That's just negotiation. And also, we're talking transactional issues here. Um, so, 
I guess where it becomes sticky is is where you know if you've already got strained uh, strained relationships or, or toxicity in a relationship that becomes it can become the smallest things can become the hardest hardest right. to negotiate. That that does lead into then this idea of secrecy. Are there things in my life that I'm keeping a secret? I do acts of you know things in in secrecy. Righteous honesty is is what is to be pursued. So just expand on that for us. Well, righteous honesty is what is it before God's sight? Because we will all meet God. We will all have our face-to-face meeting with God on the on the other side of our, you know, when we die. Let's live honestly now, so there is less accounting on in that in that side on the on the other. It's, what, what does God see? Are we, are we as Christians the righteousness of God? Mm. Are we living it out? And yes. as Des said before, you know, we we only have to ask ourselves. It's not hard to be honest. And yeah, honesty yeah. always looks, it doesn't look, start pointing fingers at the other person's look, it's pointing a finger at ourselves mm. and not in a judging way, but just being in an honest way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the final thing is then passive aggressive uh, and passive aggression. Um, yeah. What does that look like? Well, that looks like um, it, it, on the more overt kind of uh, side, people receive us as. Um, they, he he looks like he's agreeing, but I know that he's disagreeing. Uh, he looks yeah. like he's being accommodating, but he's not. The heart's not there. The heart's not in yeah. it, and it, it's, it's it's completely lost because um, you know we're actually being angry in a very passive way, and um, people can people know it. People can feel yes. it. Um, yes. and we don't get away with it in our relationships. It's good. That's some. That's another sin that we need to deal with. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in this show, and again, I'm gonna. I, I think even myself is gonna go back and have a listen to this. But I encourage you guys listening. Nice guy syndrome is what we've been talking about, and what it looks like, and then some of the things we need to do as guys to hold ourselves accountable and a bit of a checklist that we can run through and go: Am I demonstrating these traits, whether it's a lot of the time or some of the time? And do I have people in my life that I can be honest with, hold me accountable? ask some real honest hard questions of uh and at the end of the day as you said steve i think in the first half humility is the bedrock of growth and i think if we can if we can take that on on board and take that on the chin as we start into 2023 uh you know we might end up being radically different people by the end of the year but uh steve wickham has been our special guest this week on momentum steve it's been a huge topic we thank you for unpacking it with us the nice guy syndrome And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for being a part of Momentum, man. Thanks, Tim and and Des. Wonderful. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.